This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 254. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Color Pencil Podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. I am your host, and this is the Colored Pencil Podcast. I'm excited today to jo- to be joined by. Blah, blah. I'm excited today to welcome back to the studio, Barb Sodiropoulos. We are again going to follow this series that we started some time ago, a few weeks ago. I know last week we had a uh, interview uh, podcast, so if you missed that. Go back and uh, listen to that. That was with Tracy Frine. Tracy is doing some things that are just so different and not not what you would expect. His whole process is different, but even the color uh, choices that he uses, pretty much just two colors. But anyway, won't go into all of that, but go back and listen to that particular uh, interview. That was last week. Barb and I started a few weeks ago talking about light fastness and some alternative colored pencil options for you. And so we're looking at some pencils that really are not in the limelight and don't get a lot of fanfare. But I think that some of you may get a lot of use out of at least exploring some alternative pencils and and I've had a lot of uh, students come to me and ask, you know, what about this particular pencil? And for a long time, I just didn't know about a lot of them and I didn't look at them. Um, but now that I've kind of readdressed some of this, um, you know, from the, from the very beginning, I went back to the, the actual source and started rethinking about how I uh, was thinking about, you know, light fastness in general and uh, the the beginner and the beginner process and what you need to know and do and all of those things to ramp up. And for many people, Barb, um, this is a hobby. This is something that they do uh, in downtime, and there's nothing wrong with that. Later on, and this is how most of us actually come to the medium, not all of us have a, a, a fancy art degree like Barb here. Um, <laughs> trying to bust her chops. But anyway um, – <laughs> Because she does have an art degree. But here's the thing. A lot of people come to art through just, you know, exploring and uh, creating this pastime and, uh, you know, coloring and coloring books. And it's just this hobby that they do. And then they get more interested and they're like, hey, I wonder if. And then they start filling in the blank and then they start educating themselves and learning more about materials. But at the beginning, it's kind of ridiculous to say, no, you need to go out and pay $6 per pencil uh, in order to learn this medium. So I started rethinking that and Barb and I have uh, addressed all of those concerns. So go back three or four shows and start with the one on light fastness it would be really slick if i knew what number that was what podcast number that was but i don't episode 250 oh perfect (laughs) so if you go back and you start at episode 250 this is where we started this series of podcasts where we're talking about light fastness and these alternate colored pencils so today we're going to talk about the company Faber-Castell, and a particular product that they make called Gold Faber. Now, I think Barb and I are both in agreement here. We love the company uh, Faber-Castell. I mean, it it's one of the oldest companies, uh, pencil companies. It's They celebrated in 2011 their 250 years of being um, you know, a, a pencil company. So they've been at this a long time, right, Barb? And this pencil... I really wasn't aware of too much until uh, I decided to uh, do this review with you. Actually, I'm looking at my tin right now, and it says since 1761. For Isn't that incredible? I'd like to know. That That's is a ridiculous. Long t- I know. It's a long time. That is. It it's is. So I mean, impressive though. You know, it's really funny. Actually, this is super nerdy, but. <laughs> <laughs> It's like my goal one day to go to the Faber-Castell factory in Germany. Oh, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't I actually, so cool? I really want to go. I totally Google mapped it. And uh, so cool. yeah, I sat there and was like checking out the, the, yeah, yeah. the, the situation around there and stuff. And, right. and I, I think it would just be really cool. And if <laughs> this is totally off topic, sorry, everyone, but Not if really. you go, <laughs> 
if you go, you can actually um, on Google Maps, it'll or I guess, yeah, Google Maps or Google Earth. It'll Google give you Earth, um, yeah. pictures of the gift shop. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the gift shop alone. Just to wet your whistle a little bit, huh? What's that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, what? totally. I yeah. I am a. I'm I'm like already super excited about a trip I haven't even planned and can't go on until <laughs> in the foreseeable future. So <laughs> that would be so so fun though. Yeah, I think I think it'd be cool. Building and everything that is that is so cool. Well, and there was a video that was floating around Facebook not long ago. Um, I don't actually know how old it is. I've shared it, I'm sure, twice, but huh? um, it basically goes through. Um, it's the making of the pencils, some of the oh, pencils. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's seen. just. I mean, I just think it's interesting. I used to. Oh, there's um there's a show. It was on Discovery Channel. It's, it was called um, How It's Made. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they, I don't know if they still do episodes of it or not. But my I used to love that show. <laughs> oh, me too. They're on uh, YouTube though. A lot of them. Are. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it turned me off fortune cookies watching one, but uh, <laughs> right. I, was, I was like, I don't think I can eat those anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and I just always, too. You watch totally. mm. but I always thought, I mean, I've seen ones done on paint and stuff too. And mm-hmm. I just, uh, I don't know. I always think it's, um, it's fascinating just to see the manufacturing process and stuff of some of those things. And I think, I mean, I don't, I don't know anyone who's been to the Faber Castell one, but um, I, I don't care. I'm going to go anyways. I don't, I don't either. I know. It would be so cool. Faber Castell produces over 2.3 billion wood cased pencils every year. Wow. That's on their website. That is, that's amazing. I'm like, you just didn't know that off the top of your head. <laughs> I was like, okay, I did memorize nerdy that. next to the next level. Good for you. Right. <laughs> I was not reading that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like, I just know these things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my question to you then, if you're listening today, did you know about these pencils? Gold Faber. They're a rather new pencil. Um, I don't know if we know the, the date that they came out. Do we, Barb? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I did purchase these, I believe, 2019, early mm-hmm. 2019. So, um, I mean, I, don't I think just I knew about them. Um prior to 2019 i don't remember them in 2018 they may have yeah been I, I just remember seeing them in michael's one day and um yeah. you know the michael's people know me by name pretty much so i uh <laughs> <laughs> i have a story one day of how how well they know me i mean i don't frequent there as much anymore but anyways uh it's it sounds like I a just, story <laughs> yeah it's a good one um <laughs> And uh, no, I remember being in there one day and I'm like, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Just because. Pencil, just, I don't know. <laughs> I know. Well, previous to that, I don't think they really carried too much um, Faber-Castell, never mind Polychromos, right? Because, right? I mean, mm-hmm. everyone knows how I feel about the Michaels coupons. I think they're great. <laughs> right, <that's right. laughs> and so I think I secretly was just really hoping, not that I don't mind paying full price for Polychromos, but listen. Right. If you can save some money, why not? Yeah. Um, and anyways, no, I saw this line. I was like, Gold Faber. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why, why do I not know about this? So, um, yeah, I, I ended up picking up a set. I actually picked up. I think it's a set of forty-eight is the highest it comes in, and I purchased it yeah, right away one. without even, yeah, without even yeah. any kind of research. I was like, nope, it's fine. I'm gonna love yeah. it. I don't care. <laughs> well, so one of my students uh, when I was teaching at um, uh, Hobby Lobby came to class and and he said yeah i, I got these uh, favorite castell pencils and i was thinking okay he's got polychromos and and we just went on and then he pulls out his pencils uh, and we're about to start and i said what are these and he goes these are those uh, favorite castell pencils i said oh no 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 and i looked at that and it, it said gold favor and i was like yeah, these probably won't do. I don't. I don't know. I said I. I don't know about these. <laughs> and that was my first uh, introduction to them. And he goes, "Oh no!" And I said, "Well, I." I said, "I don't know." I said, I, "I'm sorry. I just don't know about them." I said, "Let me. Let me take a look." And I, you know, just used them very quickly, just a little bit there on a test sheet of paper. But I did get this set uh, that I have now. It's a twelve set. I got to tell you, I was. I was impressed. Oil based product and three point three millimeter lead. It's it handles um, kind of like a polychromos pencil. I was kind of um, shocked by that. I actually felt it was a little uh, even butterier. Yeah, uh, yeah, the- it does seem like certain ones. You know, I don't know if you had this experience, but the um, and I guess we're gonna just start talking about this because um, we are. But anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, number right one six three, and this is something that was one of the first things I wanted to talk about is that yeah. they don't have the, the color on the uh, pencil itself. They do have a chart um, that gives you the color name, the designation that uh, Faber Castell gives these pencils. But if you cross reference then, I guess, <laughs> for one six three, which is emerald green, that one, it, at least in my set, and I'm I'm thinking maybe they're going to be a consistent pencil, but it didn't. Um, it, it was kind of hard. It was more hard and uh, not as buttery, okay, as uh, number 120 and 125. A I blue do find – oh, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> Trying really hard not to talk over you this time. No, see that that <laughs> problem that problem that we had um, a show or two ago was due to Skype, and I really should have said something, but it, Skype sometimes is not our friend, and it will make it'll create this bad bad lag, and then people listening to the show think that we're just talking all over each other. But anyway, I, I felt bad about that. I sh should have mentioned something about it. Not that I don't talk over you from time to time. <laughs> I think I we're, we're both guilty of that. I apologize to everyone listening. Uh, um, we just get so excited we get talking so excited. about colored pencil. That <laughs> this is what happens. Um, no, I was going to say, I've noticed that actually in other brands as well, is that sometimes... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes certain colors feel a little smoother or have something right. in them. They just feel a little bit harder. And unfortunately, I can't speak to the reason for that. I would imagine it has something to do with sometimes the pigments that are involved in making the color. But uh, something um, in formulations. Gotta yeah, be. I mean, I would I would assume trying to make an educated guess. I would assume that would be the reason. But um, yeah. what, I, what I think is funny um, is that. I, I would imagine this color system, this numbering system is, is, um, I know Faber-Castell is very good about, uh, having color, uh, color fidelity across all their lines. So between mm -hmm. the pit pens, polychromos, and I would imagine this line as well, all the colors match each other. Right. So, and I know that, uh, the, this particular set, I've been using them a lot in my sketchbook illustrations and, I find uh, because I really enjoy using the Faber Castell pit pens. I'm finding that I find I'm finding that to be true with these as well. Just that the, yeah. the color matching system, so right. it's really really nice. I I love that about Faber Castell. I love that um, you know between their product lines that they're using pigment matching, so that oh yeah, you know if you are like myself, if you enjoy working mixed media, then um, you're gonna get some consistency with the colors that you're using, which is really really awesome. But it's unfortunate they didn't name the colors. And as everyone knows, apparently that's a sticking point for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't name them. I mean, at least they have a chart, I guess. But yeah, it would be nice just to have it, you know, on the pencil itself. Yeah. Uh, would would be nice. It makes a lot of sense to do a comparison, a baseline comparison benchmark, if you will, to their other brand that we love so much, the Polychromos brand. And one, I guess one of the things is, and I, I don't know this, I guess I could have looked it up, but do do they say something about uh, water-resistant with regard to polychromos? Maybe we could look that up real quick. Do I guess I just kind of wondered about because they say water-resistant and smudge-proof on uh, this Gold Faber line. You know, they say, well, let me just go through the the product details here, Barb, and then we'll just sure. back up and talk about it. Um Colored pencil, we know that, 3.3 lead, um, millimeter lead. Excellent light fastness, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Soft, vibrant color laydown, highly pigmented, water-resistant and smudge-proof, high break resistance. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, they've got some other word in there. I'm not sure what they're meaning by that. <laughs> Easy to sharpen with all normal pencil sharpeners. Should have used a normal pen. Anyway, okay, 10 of 48. Did you use okay. an abnormal pencil I guess sharpener? I used an abnormal pencil no. <laughs> Pencil sharpeners. I, I did notice uh, that there was a little bit of breakage when I added a certain amount of pressure. I don't know if yeah. you, you've got some of that. Um, yeah, I did available too. in individual colors. Now, that is a big deal, too. They're, they are available in uh, the assorted sets, but they're also available open stock at Michael's and I believe Hobby Lobby as well. So that that's a big deal, I, I feel like, when you're first learning. I think the biggest thing here is, 
you know, a 3.3 millimeter lead, I, th I think we're okay with. We don't really need to discuss that. But the excellent light fastness. I couldn't find any light fast ratings. Uh, could you find any, Barb? Nope. Your Definitely research? did not okay. see any that okay. I could find. I actually even, um, I'm a member of the CPSA, and I ended up, I went and downloaded Ooh. their I just wanted to see if they had done any testing. Right, I think right. uh, the current version that they have for the mem available for the members um, might have been from a few years ago. So um, I would assume they're probably working on a current one now. But the one that is currently available um, doesn't have any ratings doesn't for. It, right. Actually, it doesn't have any ratings for. I think any of the ones that we talked about with the uh, to this no, point, no, with the exception no. of. Um, I think Lyra is on there and um, the Derwent Studio, I believe, is on there. But uh, the Windsor News oh, yeah. is too new yeah. and and that sort of thing. Cezanne. So there wasn't. Yeah. And Cezanne was also too new. So there wasn't right. any um, information from them on that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I, I mean, it, we've, we've talked about this in the past. Again, go back to show 250 if you're interested in uh, following the conversation through all of those shows, but it's, it's just something that, um, you know, I, I don't know all the reasons in the marketing department, why they choose, um, certain words, you know, and why they decide to come out with, uh, some of the language that they do, but, uh, you know, just as a, an artist and a, a lay person using the products, it would just be nice if they wouldn't use words like, highly light fast or excellent light fastness and things like that. If they haven't done, you know, testing, um, anything like that, if they, if they use different words, maybe, or if they said in parentheses, um, you know, light fast ratings pending or something, I don't know. That's just my own little wish right there. But yeah, as far as uh, I could tell, there weren't any light fast ratings uh, available publicly anywhere. So who knows? I mean, they're a new product. Maybe they're uh, working on that. Maybe that'll come out later on, although they're marketed for a hobbyist um, artist. So I don't know. Yeah, that was one thing I wanted to mention, actually, is that I think it's interesting that they're mentioning light fast ratings when they're talking to hobbyists because yeah. – I think the average person who is a hobbyist probably doesn't really even know what that means or why it's important. And, and not to right. say that they're not educated. It's just that I think if you are, for example, going to a Michael's or a Hobby Lobby and you're picking these up to, say, using coloring books, chances are you're not necessarily the person who knows or cares about light fast ratings. Yeah, um, exactly. Because, you know, and especially in the context of a coloring book, much like a sketchbook, right. it's probably not seeing the light of day. So, yeah, you know, it's not going to matter mean, too much. Exactly. So uh, it's interesting that they mentioned that. That said, there is sort of a, a comment here. It says uh, the product line enables both aspiring and hobby artists to express their mm -hmm. creativity. So mm -hmm. uh, I have two things to say to that. One is that, okay, so if you're an aspiring artist, I would say you're almost still in the same category where you're maybe not as educated yet on right. what those things mean or why it's important. That right. said, when they're saying hobbyist, what is their definition of hobbyist? Because I think there are probably a lot of artists even listening to this podcast that consider themselves hobbyists. Oh, yeah. So, Definitely. you know, I mean, a hobbyist to to one person might be, oh, I like coloring books or I like, you know, just doing portraits every now and then or whatever. And I don't sell my work. But, you know, another person might think. Well, I consider myself a hobbyist, but I do sell my work occasionally and I do mm -hmm. it very part time. They may have another job, but you they know, may have another job, but they create a lot of artwork yeah. and they have a problem calling themselves an artist. Some people, you know, get real totally. strict about that definition. Totally. Yeah. That's a different show. But, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, you know, that said, <clears throat> like when, when they're saying hobbyist, what's their definition yeah. of that? Because I think, you know, like I said, there might be somebody out there who's like, well, I consider myself a hobbyist and they think, okay, well, these are for me. Then they're talking about life fast ratings. Well, if again, if they are a little bit educated to why that's important, what that is exactly, then again, to your point, well, then where are those light fast ratings? I would like to think that because, you know, there's a, the good majority of Faber-Castell polychromos is, is very well rated you would mm -hmm. think that it would be somewhat similar that said because the price point is what it is 
what is the difference in the quality of what they're using in terms of pigment pigments and that sort of thing right. that's then changing it so that it's more of an economical price point. Because if you look at it from a packaging standpoint, they're still using a tin. The tray looks relatively the same as the polychromos right. one. Like from, from a manufacturing perspective, there's not a lot of differences in the way it looks like they're created. Right. Um, what I would say is to your point about the sharpening, um, I, I would say I thought, despite their comment about it being break resistant, I actually thought they broke more uh, yeah, than the polychromos. Um, yeah. That said, I also think that my sharpener is dull. <laughs> well, see, <laughs> so, I, I and I kind of wondered that about that too, though. Too. But when I started increasing my pressure, like I alluded to earlier, yeah. I had some breakage uh, when I did that. Uh, and and that you know, in fairness, I mean that happens from time to time anyway. I mean it it does. Um, it, I hear some people talk about um, certain pencils, and they'll say, "Oh, they just break all the time," or they'll say, "I've never had a pencil break because I don't use X." Things like that. It's like I, you know, I've had every pencil break. I mean it it happens from time to time. Yeah, it's true. But. I, I noticed it just a, just a tad bit more um, on these than what I have experienced with using the polychromos pencils. Still, I, I think that the performance of these um, was very, very good. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of surprised a little bit just because I don't know why I was surprised. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I like the company. I, th I think the company does, you know, they put out good pencils. Even the graphite line of pencils is very, very good. But I, you know, there's just not a lot of fanfare uh, with these. They're, they're not talked about a whole lot. Um, you know, but that could be just because they're a little bit new right now, a little newer, yeah. and maybe within time, you know, um, there's going to be, you know, more uh, done with this line. Maybe they'll increase it. Uh, and they won't be you know, just 48 or something like I, who knows. But the one thing I want to caution you about, if you're new to art in general or new to colored pencil is just know that you're not always going to get reliable information from a sales clerk at a hobbyist store and even a fine art store from time to time when it, with regard to colored pencils, I went to one that even has Karen Dosh uh, Luminance pencils in open stock, every single color in open stock. And I'm not paying 6 or $7 even for, uh, for each of those. It's slightly less, I think, if I remember correctly. And I thought if anybody has the Derwent Lightfast pencils, uh, we will get back to the current topic, promise, after this little break and tour in my head. But anyway, I asked him, I said, why are you not carrying the – you know, the Derwent Lightfast uh, colored pencils. And he said, which ones? I said, the Derwent Lightfast. You know, I, di I didn't ask it in a, an accusatory type of tone like I just did right then. But I, I was kind of nice about it. You know, I just asked him in a, I don't believe a curiosity. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me now. Somewhere and, there's uh, a clerk crying. Like, that John Medici's such a jerk. <laughs> I'll take you out back if you don't have these next time I come in here. Anyway, so he said... Uh, this is what he said to me. He's a store owner. He goes, um, they're just not very popular. People just don't like them very much. <laughs> okay. So my point is you can't, you know, you cannot get your information always from a store clerk. Now, some of them are very knowledgeable and even go, you know, as far as, um, you know, they've got more knowledge. I would trust some store clerks. I've been around some who have gone to, uh, the, um, uh, the production mill and they've, you know, they've been on tours of how all these products are made and they know so much about it. But then on the other hand, it's, you know, it's just kind of a job for some and it's, you know, it's an inventory uh, issue and they're, they're trying to keep up with the day to day and, and uh, the sales and all of that and the outward marketing for getting, you know, people foot traffic and all that in the store. You know, I, I would like to think that, Faber-Castell being just a reputable company, maybe they're doing some light fast testing on this and maybe it's cost prohibitive. Maybe it's just something that, you know, it's a hobbyist market. We're not going to spend a whole lot on that, but we know based on the materials that we've used in these particular products, similar to what we've used in other products that are light fast, that 
we can say with some reasonable you know accuracy that these are light fast you know maybe that's going on. i i don't know i'm just guessing but just anyway. to uh, add to your your art store experience story because oh, i actually yeah. have a couple stories myself with that oh, no. i find every time i go into michael's i end up helping someone in the aisle yeah <laughs> I, I did actually used to work for Michaels years oh, ago. Okay. I worked in the framing department. But, oh yeah, um, yeah. I forgot about that. It was it was funny, but uh, now just as a customer, I must have that look or something. <laughs> but but I I just I told you yeah. about uh, taking that name badge and not wearing. I know, right? <laughs> you don't have to wear Take it in the store when you don't work there anymore. <laughs> apparently, um, no. I it's funny. I think the like the last couple times I've been in there, it's been like somebody has been in the aisle and they've been looking for something and either the employee that was there didn't know or I just happened to because because clearly I can't not open my mouth about it and I'm like actually <laughs> I can help you with that That's and uh, I know and then like my 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 15 minute trip to Michael's turns into like half an hour because I'm helping someone in an aisle but <laughs> anyways uh, to your point of not always necessarily trusting what um you know the employees have to say uh, yeah. in, in, a, in my fine art store that I like to go, right. um, sharp, at, sh- sorry, shop at, um, I'm not going to name it because I really do like yeah. shopping there, but yeah, well, I, I had kind of, I had kind of an off. Yeah. I had kind of a bad experience. One of the first times I was in there because, um, this was back when Strathmore's colored pencil paper had just come out. And I was curious about it, so I wanted to try it. And I was having a hard time finding it um, places. And so um, I thought I would check there because I'm like, okay, it seems like, you know, the kind of store that would probably have it or whatever because they had quite a good selection of Strathmore papers. And I asked the the girl that was working there at the time um, if they had it and they didn't. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, didn't make a big deal about it. And she just was like... Well, you know, you don't have to use what Strathmore tells you to use. You can use like whatever <laughs> other paper you want. And I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, and and I'm not the kind of person that's going to sit there and list off my accolades. But yeah. like at the time, I <laughs> mean, me I tell been, you, let me let me hold well, on. I'm pulling up my CV on my phone. My on my <laughs> Well, and it was just so, funny yeah. to me because like, I mean, I was writing for Colored Pencil Magazine at the time. And, and mm. in my head, I'm sort of thinking like. You know what? Like, I probably know a lot more about colored pencil than you do, and this is more about me trying this product out than thinking that I—that's the only paper that I could use. But just her attitude was so, yeah. And I I, just—I remember just thinking, like, wow. It's like, you're lucky that I really like the store because I would almost not come back because of that. Well, no, like I like person of the month. (laughs) Well, and and to me, what that that speaks to is, you know, exactly what you said is that I I think just as a general comment to sort of kind of try and bring this back is is, you know, when you're looking for advice and it's not necessarily that you know you and i know everything but, no 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 but, no and know, i was not implying that no no, no, no. Don't, don't get but, me wrong at listening no, not to at all not but, but but what i'm saying is that i think you know it's good to consider a lot of different sources like you know yeah. john and i are obviously giving all of you our opinions on these products that we're talking about but at the same time it's always and i you know i've, I've said this in almost everything that i write and whatever is that it's always really important to make up your own mind because I mean, as a lot of people know, like, you know, I'll, I'll bring up Prismacolor as an example. There are people that love Prismacolor and there are people that hate it. And, and, and it doesn't mean that one person is right or wrong. It's a personal preference. And at the end of the day, like you have to take into context to the source and that's exactly it at like maybe a hobbyist store or an art supply store that might be a part-time job for somebody and their passion might be paint, not colored pencil. And, you know, given the amount of products in a store like that, I'm not going to assume that everybody has the, uh, you know, the drive or the time to sit there and research everything. Maybe they do, but maybe they don't. Right. Oh, so, right. Oh, um, right. No, definitely. Yeah. No, and you want to, yeah, you want to hope that people are educated in the things you're going to shop for. But what I would say is given the fact that the internet is what it is, yeah. <laughs> there are so many ways to get information out there and, 
you know, whether that's through somebody that you trust, whether it's a YouTube channel or a blog or, you know, a podcast <laughs> or whatever. Well, like, it's, but, you know, it's in their, in their defense, it's, it's gotta be a tough job because yeah. you're, it's customer service and yeah. you're, you're constantly answering the same question over and over, I'm sure. So yeah. it's, and, and they kind of know their uh, core market um, and people that come in there, they kind of know what they're they have some preconceived notions about the customer anyway. I'm sure mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. starts to happen, you know. So in their defense, I mean, they're they're trying to steer you in the right direction and they're trying to anticipate yeah. where uh, you might be most helped and where, you know, you'll be able to get the products that will suit you for what you want to do. It's just that yeah. sometimes they just need to feign ignorance and say, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure why we don't carry this product or why, you know, Strathmore decided to call its paper colored pencil paper yeah. or why Derwent decided to name its colored pencil line light fast. You know, I mean, there's just weird things like that that happen. And it's just, it's just so, it's just so strange. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, the last, I, I, I guess what I'm saying really, and what Barb is trying to say too is, or maybe I should reword that. What I'm trying to say and what Barb eloquently said, <laughs> it sounded like I was putting you down. It no. wasn't. But what, what happens here <laughs> what is, I was that, trying to say. <laughs> is that when you start out, though, that is what you do. Or that's what I did anyway. But years ago, you know, a decade or more, a little bit ago, I, I didn't know anything. And I went into an art store. I was dependent upon you know, that 17 year old kid that was working behind the counter and they, they needed to know how to tell me what I needed, you know, for, uh, getting started. And that's, that's, I think where a lot of us start, but we go beyond that. And then we have to start doing some of our own research. You know, that's how we end up in these little conundrums like we have right now, where we don't have light fast readings for, uh, for this particular <laughs> product. I guess we're back to that. I think one of the issues, too, um, that I think is worth mentioning, and, and, you know, certainly in the United States, it's probably a little bit different than here, but I still don't feel like um, colored pencil is as popular in Canada, like not it's not in the not context of, a, of it being like a fine art medium. So, yeah. um, you know, there's also that to consider as well. Like, I think probably the majority of the customers coming in to those stores mm-hmm. are looking for them for coloring books. Oh, yeah. Um, I or would say for in, some class projects. At yeah. College, you know, yeah. And and, like and you know, the, I'm also making an assumption saying that. But, you know, for the it's amount pretty accurate. Well, that's, I mean, you know, and I'm sure there's even, you know, pockets of, of places where it's maybe more popular than others, but to me, it still feels very underground in a lot of ways. And, um, even so, I mean, it's, it's clearly gaining in popularity, but I mean, I, for the amount of time that I've been working in this medium, I I still encounter people that are like, oh, that's colored pencil. Like, and yeah. you'd think oh, yeah. it would get old by now, but, <laughs> but, right. but there's still so many people that just don't know what is possible or they look at it as less, lesser of a medium or whatever. And, yeah. um, there's something about that, that, you know, there's still, I, I think when it comes to the fine art stores in particular, there's probably mm-hmm. some resistance there. Yeah, I mean, I will say when I went to art school, there are some biases that tend to get taught into yeah. students oh, by the teachers. And, uh-huh. you know, you sit there and as a student trying to learn, you know, you're you're like, oh, this person, I look up to them and they're giving me information and mm-hmm. and I'm going to trust them and, and take that on. And it, it isn't until right. you kind yeah. of... Um, get out on your own and learn more and sort of explore that you can maybe, maybe you come to change your opinion on that. But, um, you know, it's like, I'll give yeah. a really good example. It's like, I can't tell you how many teachers I told had tell me that hairspray was okay to use as a fixative on your artwork. Right. Right. And no, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. please no. I've, yeah. <laughs> like, I have long heard so, that, you know, I mean, that that's, yeah, that's just that's uh, what I'm saying. Like these are people who are, who are paid educators and are right. words of authority who are telling you to use hair product. <laughs> hairspray yeah, I was like, <laughs> as what a fixative. And 
You know what I mean? Like, sure, maybe for your child's project, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But that you like, hung on the fridge. You yeah, know. but but if you're if you're in a position where you're teaching people who are potentially going to become serious artists who are never yeah. told otherwise, like that's false information. I, I know, I know. That just <laughs> it just kind of kind of just uh, kind of blows my mind. It's just su- such an an odd, very very odd thing. We totally um, went off the side. <laughs> well, no, it's kind of an important point, though, uh, to make, because the the last thing that I want to do, you know, as someone who discusses these products is to tell you, the listener, to just go look at the brochure and read that beautifully laid out brochure, and then that'll give you everything you need to know. Doesn't it, this is marketing language, you know? And and it's not it's not there to deceive you or to try to dupe you or anything like that. I'm not you know uh, suggesting some nefarious thing is going on, but it is marketing language, and so we have to be able to differentiate. And so when a company says highly pigmented or these are very light fast or something like that, then we have to go a little bit, you know, beyond that, a step beyond and say, what does that mean? And in this case, we, we can't answer that question only because the company itself has not disseminated this information to us. They, they've not made that publicly available. Uh, so who knows, maybe one day, you know, we'll have someone from Paper Castell come on the show, and they can uh, speak to that kind of thing in particular. But let's move on to water resistant and smudge proof. Did we talk about that? Um, no. Uh, so, and I, I don't remember if that is something that's discussed with regard to polychromos, but um, you know, the water resistant part, I, c- I can talk to a little bit about that. And so, it's going to be interesting when I test these even more to find out, you know exactly what's going on here because I recently discovered that the polychromos pencils are water soluble. And I know that that really ruffles some feathers for some reason. I don't know why, but (laughs) that really gets some people really irritated when I say that, but (laughs) it's true uh, because of my experience with them. They, they are a powdery kind of pencil, um, especially when you're using them on a non-absorbent surface like uh, Claire Fontaine's pastel mat and uh, any of the sanded papers, you can use water, a water brush in particular. And I just put out a YouTube video where I'm doing that very thing. So if you want to uh, check that out, what happens though is, y- you know, you're mixing water with that and it, 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 beca- it dissolves and you can move it around and it's kind of an incredible thing. And I thought early on that what was happening was perhaps, you know, it's just, kind of moving it even though it's kind of like dust and it's just moving it from one spot to the other uh but i've i've kind of backed away from that conclusion a little bit because what i'm noticing is it is actually uh becoming more and more fluid when you use it so it's it's a different experience than when you're using solvent with them but with all of that said, I, I have not tried water yet with the Goldfaber pencils. So I do want to do that and find out uh, what how they respond. So I'm guessing that they're not going to respond the same way that the polychromos uh, respond only because of that particular uh, bullet point there that they're water resistant and smudge proof. Maybe they'll respond a lot like the Pablo pencils from Carindosh, where they're also said to be water resistant. So my, uh, my experience with anything that's ever said water resistant, and mm-hmm. this is mostly when it comes to any kind of a marker product yeah. Yeah. is that it usually is water soluble. So, uh, mind you, when it comes to a colored pencil, that's probably a slightly different situation because markers inherently have a little bit more of a liquid quality anyways, but, uh, I, I'm not surprised to hear that. I've noticed that, um, because because markers tend to have more of a water quality anyways. Like they're li- they're more liquid compared yeah. to, um, you or know, a lot the of them tend to be alcohol-based or whatever. how they're yeah. used and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, water-resistant means if you get any kind of water on it, it's going to bleed. So that said, when it comes to colored pencils, a little bit different of a situation because you feel like you're dealing with something that's more of a solid. But um, I'm not totally that, surprised. That, that That's... Um... That's not sitting well with me. Um, <laughs> okay, no. so if it says that it is water resistant, 
So it's right. resisting water. You're saying with resistance, markers. Res if, resistance is different than waterproof. So if it's waterproof, that means yeah. if you add any kind of water to it, it's not going to budge. Resistant means that it'll resist it to a point. But, but, then, but okay, but let me let me ask this. Okay, I I, I see what you're saying, mm -hmm. where you're comparing that to water soluble. Mm -hmm. Let's let's not talk about markers for a second. Maybe maybe that's what's throwing me off. I, I yeah. don't know, because when when you're saying that, I, I guess I'm thinking about cameras and things like that. Like if you have a a uh, seal proof camera, weatherproof camera, and uh, it says you know this is a weatherproof camera, but mm -hmm. it's not submergible it's not something that you can submerge in the water in other words and it's they say it's not waterproof but it mm -hmm. is weather resistant it's wet mm -hmm. we it's water uh resistant mm -hmm. it just so is it kind of the same thing where it it can be you know submerged to a point like but you cannot put pressure like you can't take this down 20 meters or something like that yeah and it, you know, it would destroy the camera. It, is that what we're saying? Like it's similar yeah, to I, that kind of thing. Like it's, um, it'll still say, uh, sorry, bleed, but it's not going to bleed as much as something that is water soluble. Yeah, I would say that's exactly what they mean. Okay. Like res resistant to me is is the same. Like it's it's exactly the context that you gave. It's like it's the difference between it being a little bit resistant and yeah. like if you drench it. It's okay. going to, it, the color is going to bleed. It maybe not, maybe not to the extent of something that is meant to be water soluble, ideally. But I, I mean, for you, that. it could be the combination of the sanded paper and the water is just breaking down the pigment in a way that allows for it to be more fluid. Yeah, and it um, could be. And and that said, I mean, when you're using stuff like OMS and stuff with polychromos, I mean, it still works quite well. Like it's, I mean, I know that's weird, right. It's not water, but, um, I well, think, no, but yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, even on like, sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, even, no, okay. uh, even on, um, you know, Stonehenge on a cotton paper, a polychromos pencil, um, is, is still able to move with, uh, water, not to the, not to the degree that it does on, uh, on a uh, sanded paper. But would you say like not to, and obviously not the same degree as say, if, say you were using the Albrecht Durer. Oh, of course not. Pencils. Right. Like, right. Yeah, you know, your so, point is, your point is well taken. Yeah. yeah no, I, I totally agree with that. that. That's interesting though, because when I've heard it discussed before by some of the pencil reps themselves, that, and this, this is the takeaway I had. I don't know that they said this verbatim, but this is the way it made me feel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lie down on the couch. Hey, everyone but, get their tea. Yeah. But this is the way it made me feel <laughs> is that they were saying this. They were saying, okay, this particular pencil will resist water. And, uh, you know, you, you can put water washes on top of this, you know, like you can have some line quality. Okay. Let's say. And, uh, you know, just a few scribble lines, for mm -hmm. example. On some cotton paper. And then you can take like, let's say, um, the Albuquerque Durer that you mentioned. We can talk about, you know, that's a water-soluble pencil. Or, you know, Caran um, you know, the Neocolor 2. So anything that's water-soluble. Uh, ink tents, you know, the list could go on and on. And you put that over that and, uh, you know, scribble a few lines over that. And then take water, brush or something and you move that around. Then you're going to be able to see those other pencil lines, depending on how thick that other application is on top, you're going to be able to see those other pencil lines bleed through or show through or use a scraffito effect where you're scraping it th uh, off and you're going to see that other um, pencil that is water resistant underneath. It's not going to move is the point that was communicated to me. So I, I you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're getting off on um, a little bit of a, well, side I think note it's, or whatever, but yeah, I it's think it's, it's think worth about. it's worth mentioning. I'm sure yeah. there's probably other people that have thought about that too. I mean, when yeah. I did my um, Canada 150 series, I actually used a lot of the Albrechter as well as Polychromos. But what I was doing was using the watercolor pencils underneath as my base layer, and then oh, using okay. dry Polychromos on top. So I didn't yeah. obviously encounter any of that. Yeah. I would also say I don't know, and and again, this is 
you know, I, I because I haven't pulled everyone in the world. Oh, <laughs> I don't on. know how many. Yeah, I know, it. right? <laughs> I have got so much time Lazy. on my hands. <laughs> I um, I don't know how many people necessarily would be thinking to use water with their polychromos as a thing. Like I, no, I, they don't. I don't, I don't know that that's a common thing. So for them, it's probably yeah. not an issue. The saying it's water resistant isn't an issue because likely. People are not using it with water anyway, so it's not going to be an issue, right? Um, What I also wanted to mention is I noticed in my little pamphlet that came with the gold Faber, Mm -hmm. which I have a little bit of an issue with. (laughs) um, I don't know if you can see. I'm holding it up to the camera for those of you who are watching the video. It's different than mine. Oh, no, you're on the back. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little thing here where it recommends using baby oil, (laughs) which... yeah. I also have an issue with. So this to yeah. me, this to me also notes that this is something they're gearing towards as a hobbyist because right, right. baby oil is not a light fast medium, people. No, and that so. is the hobbyist market that often uh, we'll talk about using baby oil. Yeah, I'm really you know, Barb, really surprised also, they did that. <laughs> yeah, I am too. We should also mention though that there is, um, and this kind of muddies things and confuses things just a little bit, but. There is also a gold favor line that is aqua and yes. is water soluble. So we're not talking about those today. We're talking about uh, the non aqua version of favor ca- or of uh, gold favor. I'll just really confuse everybody. <laughs> gold <laughs> favor. So there's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a gold favor oil based colored pencil. Uh, their language here. And then there is a gold Faber. Uh, do they just call it aqua? I believe. Let me find that again. Uh, version. Oh, yeah, so just use them. <laughs> yeah. So there's two different gold Faber lines and uh, one's aqua and one is not. Yeah. Just aqua. That's what they call them. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I just uh, got a chance to try those out. And what'd I, you think? Um, I really liked them. I thought same, yeah, I same great. Those. Like, yeah, I what I, I got them actually in my in my April art snacks box. They had uh, two colors in there. Um, I thought, uh, you know, much like the, I mean, definitely they felt different than the Albrecht Durers, but they still yeah. had a very rich pigment quality. Um, that's one thing I actually really wanted to mention about um, the set. Getting back on topic, yeah. <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> So the set of 48 actually um, retails Canadian around the same price point as the 24 set of the Windsor Newton that we talked about last right, week right. or not last week or the previous week. Um, and I would say that I think for your money is worth, I think the set of 48 uh, gold favor are probably a lot more worth it. Like if you're going to pay 60 or more dollars, right. however much it is where you live, um, I would say that the gold favor is a better, um, a better value. Um, I did like the Windsor Newton a lot, but I really think, um, you know, the, the Faber Castell, I would say, even though we don't have light fast ratings, I'm a little bit more inclined to trust that they probably mm-hmm. are more light fast only based on the fact that Faber Castell has other products that have actual, given ratings um and that's, that that said yeah. it doesn't mean 100 percent that that's true but i am more inclined to believe yeah. that they are just given right. that they have a history of other products and actually um giving some importance to that being a quality that they should have so yeah and that's what i'm wondering if maybe they're using some of the same materials um yeah. that they do in their professional line and they're saying okay we know these are light fast uh, so we're going to use these, um, you know, these same, uh, materials. Yeah. In, I can tell uh, you this product. Sorry to cut you off. Um, okay. I can tell you right away that I think they're using different wood. Like if yeah, you look are. at, if you look at the two, yeah, um, be- between like, it's a different color, but it's definitely a cheaper wood that they're using in the gold yeah. favor, which I think is likely why it breaks so easily. Um, or, has been breaking so yeah, easily. So I think that's, I think that's one of the major differences. Um, probably yeah, it's just lighter poplar wood, perhaps. I don't, I don't know. Totally. Or maybe that and it, wood or something. Yeah. And it looks similar to the wood that was in the, uh, Windsor Newtons as well. So right. it's obviously, I, I think, you know, what you're getting with the polychromos in comparison is there are definitely, um, higher quality 
uh, mm-hmm. ingredients, I guess, going into it. And that could even come down to the way, you know, the binders that they're using, the pigment quality. What I right. think is probably happening in the gold favors, it's just slightly less. And yeah, I mean, they're probably, they probably do have decent light fast ratings. But again, considering when I look at this little pamphlet that comes with it, and when they talk yeah. about kind of, they're sort of stating it right away, sort of what their target for this is. And mm-hmm. given that, you know, where both of us found them, it wasn't necessarily a fine art store. I think they do have right. them in the fine art stores, but it's definitely um, more of a hobbyist product. And, yeah. you know, again, I would say like, until we actually get concrete light fast ratings on this, I would still right. recommend it as a starter. Yeah. Um, as a starter. Product, yeah. I've, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I'd be leery about trying to sell any work you make with it unless you make just prints. Right. But um, I think if you want, if you can't, you know, if, if buying a set of polychromos is just not, you know, available to you for whatever reason and you want to try out something that, um, you know, if you if you want to try out something that is like, you know, Faber-Castell like or yeah, polychromos like because it's yeah. the same brand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think they do have a similar feel. And what I would also say too, is they actually have a little bit of a similar feel to Prismacolor at times too. So if you like sort of that softer feel in a pencil, um, I think these are a great option. I mean, definitely, you know, much like any of the other pencils we've reviewed there, there are issues here and there, but this is, you know, and you said some of your students have used them as well. Like, I think it's, I think it's a great option. I think out of most of the ones that we've talked about with the exception of maybe Lyra, um, Lyra Mm -hmm. and Cezanne were both great. I think. Um, Lyra pencils are really good. Yeah. I still have so many questions about Windsor Newton, even though I really liked using them. I have too, I have too many questions, but again, like, you know, these sets are, are great for practicing. They're great for beginners. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would recommend them, uh, with reservations, uh, just a, just a couple of reservations only that I, I don't, I, I don't want a new student, uh, and a new artist to come away with, uh, some impressions that the polychromos pencils are going to perform identically to these. They, they, They'll perform very similar, but not identical, and they're not going to break uh, as as much as these pencils did. With that said, I have to say, though, that I I really love – there's two pencils in particular that I just – two pencil colors uh, in this set that I just kind of fell in love with. And that was uh, 125, middle purple pink, and uh, where is it? Ultramarine. Uh, yeah, those – those are great pencils. The the lay down quality of those, it was just so creamy and smooth and even. It was just like, wow, that that is a good feel right there. I mean, it was just, it was wonderful. Was like, wow, I love that. I love it. So yeah, I mean, if if there was a way that I I knew for sure that those two pencils were light fast, uh, I tell you what. I would uh, I would invest in those right there. <laughs> I would be buying several of those, but but yeah, no I. So yeah, uh, I guess the takeaway is from Barb and I both that uh, you know th- they're they're a good pencil um, at least to get your feet wet, and you know the forty eight set uh, you won't have that um, you know envy that yeah, I didn't buy the hundred and twenty or whatever. Uh, I've got all that come in this particular uh, pencil line. You know, I've got the complete set of 48. That's enough to get started and to learn how to blend, learn how to layer, uh, learn the process of color pencil because um, it is, you know, there there's a bit of a learning curve depending on your background. But I think it's a good starter set. And sounds like you agree with that, Barb, as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, out of, um, you know, if you have any kind of uh, biases towards certain brands or if you'd, you know, rather just stick with one that you've heard a lot about, this is a great introductory product from Faber-Castell. And, um, you know, again, a company that certainly has the reputation to back it up. Right. 
is consistent with the type of products that they release. And again, if you know what I mentioned earlier, if you if you end up finding you really love certain colors that are in this line of products and you do eventually want to upgrade to polychromos and have more mm-hmm. concrete light fast um, pencils to use. The great thing is you're not going to then be trying to substitute different colors. You're going to be getting the same colors in the polychromos line, just a better quality pencil. So that's actually kind of, kind of nice. It's almost like that's your student starter, but that's, that's the thing, right? Like when you go to different brands sometimes, or even sometimes within the same line, the colors aren't quite the same when you go to the, the professional grade and and I and from I what like I've that. seen, that's not the case with this. Like they're they're actually color matching quite closely, um, if not exactly. So that's that's great. It's like and that you have is your good. training wheels, and then you move up to the exactly no the, that, product. That, that yeah, and and uh, you know we we may have uh, downplayed that, or I may have downplayed that, but that that is that is something good to consider. I mean, it really is. The consistency between um, the the brands of or the pencil lines between um, the pencils that they that they make. Um, well, I bring that up too, just because of how passionately you just talked about those two colors. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well yeah, cause, yeah, yeah, because it's one of those things where, like, if you couldn't get that color, then in the higher end line, it would be really right. disappointing, right? Like, right. right. But I even mean, the you're performance also ta- of those two yeah. out of the entire set, I thought, just did so much better they were richer yeah. and creamier you know right. but yeah the the color itself is is uh, just some of those great colors it really is um <laughs> anyway yeah i mean we can go on and on talking though. about it <laughs> <laughs> but i mean uh yeah so tr- try them out i mean and uh again you know barb and i uh, we we would like to know your thoughts as well so if you have any um you know questions or comments uh, make sure you um, leave us those in the comment section below there. And the, the other thing, I mean, we go on and on. I guess we went on and on a little bit about Favorite Castell being a good company. I mean, it is a good company. It's it's a uh, responsible, socially responsible company. They, um, you know, they they're not just taking trees away from forests. I mean, they're they're um, they, they've written extensively about that as well. They're very. Uh, focused on uh, sustainability and management of forestry uh, with regard to the consumption piece of their production as well. So I appreciate them for that as well. Um, They're just a good company. So um, yeah, anytime we can uh, highlight a new product that they're making, I think that's a, a good thing to do and to take a look at and carefully consider. Anything, uh, Barb, before we go? Um, I did want to mention, Barb, not to cut you off if you were going to say something. <laughs> didn't even give you a chance. But, I didn't even uh, start yet. <laughs> but I, I like what you did. Barb has this, I just wanted to mention this, uh, on, on your About page. Uh, Barb has this really nice list on her About page where she's categorized some things. I think would be helpful for uh, some of you guys if you go over there. Uh, she's got interviews and features and it's just uh like a list over there that you can you can click on a bulleted list publications um she's got uh, when she's co-hosted on uh, the podcast as well so that would you know there you can uh, get the list also um of the podcasts that she's uh, been a co-host on so i really like that you've done this barb that is awesome should also mention, Barb, uh, maybe you can talk a little bit more about it, but you've got a guide out for any artist who is ready to kind of ramp up and get started with their social media presence, right? Yeah. Um, when you sign up for my newsletter on my website, um, you'll get a free download for my 2020 social media starter guide for artists. Oh, cool. So um, again, I try to take this from the perspective of somebody who's starting out. Um, I give you some advice on which social platform to start on, um, choosing hashtags. I have an image size cheat sheet. So some of the most popular platforms, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Patreon. Uh, if you have access to, you know, whether it be Photoshop or some sort of photo editing app, um, it gives you all of the sizes you need to take into consideration for, to make sure that your images display properly. I find that's one thing that a lot of people seem mm. to struggle with who, you mm-hmm. know, maybe, you know, aren't like myself, graphic designers, or maybe don't have, um, you know, some 
background in, in understanding nice. that. Yeah. So yeah, there's, I'm looking there's, at it. this is cool. There's a cheat sheet there. And then I give you also some helpful apps and online resources um, that I like to use for either editing. Some of the apps actually have preset dimensions. So, you know, if you don't have Photoshop or that sort of thing and you aren't comfortable using some of those higher end programs, these ones, um, you know, it's as simple as taking a picture of your image, doing some editing to it and um, picking the correct template for wherever you want to upload it to. And then there's also some links to some blog posts I've done, just giving some general advice on social media as well. So it's a good, just a way to kind of like kickstart your um, experience with social media. I mean, it's one of those things for some people, it can be a little bit overwhelming and it just kind of gives you uh, some, some starter points on how yeah. to, this is so cool. On it. It's only four pages long, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that cheat sheet is one of them. I mean, this is a good reference right here. Print that out. Um, it's designed really well. I wonder how she did that. Um, <laughs> in design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll have a link in the show notes over there so you can go over there and grab that for sure. All right. Thanks so much, Barb. Appreciate it. And this has been a lot of fun. And, you know, I would like to hear uh, some feedback on uh, this series of shows, uh, what you guys uh, thought might be helpful with regard to discussing all of these alternate pencil lines. We have discussed in the past on the show uh, some of the more popular pencil lines, but we've never really addressed these other brands. And so I think this has been a lot of fun. Again, go back to show 250 uh, that kickstarted this particular series of conversations. This is a weekly show. Reach out at any time. Podcast at sharpenedartist.com is the email address. And this show is published at 3 a.m., in case anyone is wondering, on Monday mornings. It's Monday morning for somebody, it's in the middle of the night for me. <laughs> Uh, that's Eastern Daylight Time. So we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.